Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Hi, I'm Miss Patty. What's your name? Griffin. I like that name. Let's sing it together. Ready? G-R-I-F-F-I-N. What's your name? Ethan. I like that name. Let's sing it together. E-T-H-A-N. Griffin. Ethan. Griffin. Ethan. Griffin. Ethan. Griffin. This is probably the earliest we've recorded Supple yeah. Boys, because usually we record Supple Boys at like 3 a.m. This is an evening time <laughs> show. Oh, really? For me, Ethan always gets to be a little earlier because he lives on a different planet where the time's different. It uh, doesn't go around the Earth as fast uh, in Alaska. But no, most of our Supple Boy recordings, yeah. for anyone thinking, man, Griffin's really low energy this episode, <laughs> uh, keep in mind because it's literally 2 a.m. Uh, and we're like, let's do another podcast. <laughs> anyway, guys. It's another episode of Supple Boys. We got into some antics last week. Um, I died, but I was back, and we're good now. Uh, And hopefully Dr. Podcast Intro never shows up again, and maybe our friendship will be saved forever, Ethan. Who knows? Maybe we'll have to wait another 10 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I missed a lot. Yeah. Griffin, you're you're recovering beautifully. Uh, for a little bit there, you were in one Thank of those you. wheelchairs. We have to blow into the tube to get it to move around, uh, and you were podcasting it was from awful, that. Considering I have really bad breath support, right? Really bad breath. It was rough for everyone around you. Be- breath support. <laughs> uh, I'm always chewing gum. But we've recovered from that, and that was that was pretty fucking crazy. Um, I agree, but that but, was episode 10, and this is episode 11, Ethan. Absolutely. And uh, you guys may have been, you, you hear another voice there? Whoa, Yo. whoa, who is that? Another guest? Two guests, back-to-back weeks with guests? You're goddamn right. Um, last week we had my buddy Micah Maybe on. It was a great chat. It was a good time. And then I got shot by Dr. Podcast Intro. Less fun. <laughs> Those two things happened in the same night for sure. And this week... <laughs> This week, we are joined by our friend and one of our numerous creative mentors in the realm of comic books, Mr. Kenny Porter, is here with us this week. Kenny! Kenny, thank you so much for being on Supple Boys with us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. This is a double billing. We did Stegman's last night, now yours tonight. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I think they're going to end up coming out on separate weeks, which was not how we planned it, but they're going to come out on separate weeks. But either way, we got Kenny all over the place in the feed. The Amazing Friends Podcast Network has so much Kenny Porter, Penny Quarter, if you will. And Yeah, recording uh, schedule-wise, I think we'll release this episode in late 2022. 
uh, oh, when okay. the theaters open back up. <laughs> we'll, 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 that works we'll for me. I, I should have a movie coming out by then. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, dope, dope. cool. Um, Kenny, how's your Saturday? Uh, my Saturday's been pretty good. Um, I think I told you guys already in the pre-chat. I'll just go ahead through a couple of things. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. last night I didn't get much sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. I made some poor eating decisions and had stress dreams <laughs> all last night. I told you the guys this. Real so quick, like, what did you eat? Because you said you told us in the pre-show that you that ate I had junk show, food. I had you? a bunch of hot wings, and like mm. I love like really mm. spicy food, so it was on the upper yeah. scale. Um, oh, and yeah. I had that, and I had a couple like I had a couple of beers because I was watching some fun shows last night and relaxing, having nice. some me time. But I stayed up too late. I ate too much. I ate too late, too. And now I'm in my 30s. Like, I can't do that anymore. So when I went to bed, I got, like, the meat sweats. And then I started... Mm. When I did fall asleep, I started having stress dreams. This is what was so crazy about it. I told you guys. (laughs) I I dreamt Mm -hmm. I was Spider-Man. But I didn't get to do any of the cool Spider-Man stuff. It was all just the responsibility and stress. So I was in costume... But instead of swinging around, I was just like worried about paying my rent and showing up late <laughs> to like a date and everything. So the true Spider-Man simulator, it was a Peter B. Parker simulator instead of <laughs> the regular Spider-Man simulator. So that was, a you uh, know, that was fun. That we, was, we that talk, was, we, little did you know, that was actually it. your, Ethan? We talked on a recent episode of the show, I think it was nine, maybe, I don't know, about how we, like, even at the supple old age of, like, 22, I, like, I can't eat, like, shit, I don't know what's going on, like, I ate McDonald's and it fucking destroyed my long intestine, I don't know what the fuck happened to me, um, and... Uh, I don't. I don't like getting older. I don't like not being a kid yeah. that can just eat like glass and recover from it. Everybody's <laughs> body ages differently, and you can tell directly what age you are internally by how hard junk food hits you. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, it kind of goes in spurts for me. Obviously, if I'm trying to, if I'm on a bit of a health kick, which I'll do every once in a while, um, then it then it's bad but then of course i'll fall into several weeks of eating like shit and by the <laughs> second or third week of that you know it's good i'm cool again um but yeah i feel that it just piles your, up. your spider-man dream uh is a was a pretty good way to celebrate uh spider-man day which oh, is shit. apparently today what really yes I guess so i didn't know that was a thing holy crap um you also would have would think that if there was going to be a Spider-Man day, it would be on the day that Amazing Fantasy was released. Yeah. And I don't believe that was August 1st. Uh, but fuck it, I guess it's Spider-Man day. I've already tweeted it. Y'all know every day is Spider-Man day for the Supple Boys. True. Um, and Do you remember that old Neversoft game? That old that game on the PlayStation 1? Oh, Neversoft yeah. One? Played the crap out of it. Um, I, I, Griffin, if you don't remember it, that, it was like on the Nintendo 64 and on the PlayStation 1, and it had the best mm. Spider-Man theme song. It was so good, and I oh, think yeah? like for one of our for one of our musical bits for this, we should put that in there just because I like. And when you listen back to it, you'll be like, "Oh, that's cool," um, <laughs> and I think people would love to hear it. And I mean, I would listen to it, but only under the pretense that it starts that it would start with like a cool sound, kind of like a. <laughs> Well, that's crazy because it does. It does start. Oh no, shit! It's fucking sick. It's really sick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 
And it's not developed by a company with a really spooky logo that when you're a little kid and you watch it and maybe it's super it's like disturbing. An yeah. It's super, no way. Yeah. Oh we God. should start well, a Spider-Man okay. podcast. That would be fun. I would yeah, like that. You were freaked out by the Neversoft logo as a kid? <laughs> Terrifying. I mean, yeah, definitely a little bit. I was maybe four. Okay. When I was playing that game, five. Okay, here's me. It was, it's yeah. literally an eyeball being stabbed by some sort of. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's me dating myself because the first NeverSoft game I played was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, which came out a couple Ooh, of years beforehand. Fuck yeah. So, so good. when I saw that at the age I was, which I believe, who boy, I think I was going into seventh or eighth grade. No, it might Perfect even be age. earlier than that. But anyway, like by that point, it was like, God, oh, this is so metal. Like, yeah, see, perfect age should not eyeball. be disturbed by the Neversoft logo. Are you going to play those Pro Skater re-releases? Those oh, of course. They're, they're putting in? They've got oh, most oh, of yeah. the soundtrack back, too, so that's, like, that was that's my crazy. introduction to Ska and, like, a bunch of those other types of music. Like Ska! Yeah, man. Like, yeah. You, yeah. you show me a picture of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and automatically Superman by Goldfinger starts playing in my head. Like, I can't <laughs> not do it. I just tried to think of a ska song, and my brain was like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's not." It's ska. like that meme. It's like <laughs> ska is what thirteen-year-olds hear when the mozzarella sticks arrive at the. <laughs> like that's what they like. Like that. That's hilarious. That's analogy. That's pretty hilarious. Um, ah, uh, what was I gonna say? I don't, I don't That's excellent remember. podcast. Spider-Man related, uh, probably. That's crazy uh, that yeah, I had I the Spider-Man I, so... dream on the eve of Spider-Man Day. Like, my body knew it <laughs> reactively. <laughs> you, you, oh it, knew. it knew. It um, knew. I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Yeah. That was the one I had for PlayStation 1. Dude, and you when you could uh, put the cheat code in to get Spider-Man Yeah, in you that could play game? as Spider-Man. Oh, my God. So good. So good. Uh, so yeah, I guess my first supple suggestion for this episode is going to be Tony Hawk, <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 for the PlayStation 1. Yep. Um, I'm going to play that now. Well, Fuck. soon you'll be able so to play good. the re-release, so maybe they'll put Spidey I back know. in there. Yeah. Um, well, but now instead of being like Neversoft Spidey, it's like, it's Iron Man Jr. Spider-Man, so it's not even oh. as good. Oh. Yeah, Iron Man Jr. sucks. Yeah. Wait, are you guys Fuck talking about Iron the Man Far Jr. From Home Spider-Man then? Like the... That's just an ongoing joke that we have is that people hate MCU Spider-Man and it's stupid. Oh. Pretty stupid. <laughs> um, okay, in celebration of Spider-Man Day, I don't want to have a discussion. Ethan, I get the sense, I have some sort of extra sensory sort of feeling that we've talked about Spider-Man very, very a lot Probably not in this universe, but maybe in an alternate one. I feel it in my bones. Yeah. Uh, So I don't want to have a discussion, but I want everyone to just list their favorite Spider-Man thing ever, period. That's it. You get to pick one, either movie or comic. One? Just one. Like, if you only had one piece of Spider-Man whatever, game, fucking action figure, one thing. That's really hard. And no full series bullshit. One issue, if you're picking a comic Oh, book. no. One issue? Fuck. I wasn't even prepared for this. Ugh, off the top of my head. Um, you know what? Okay, if I have to pick one issue of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. 
that I absolutely love. Um, have you guys ever read that whole series of isolated stories from uh, Spider-Man: The Gauntlet? Mm-mm. Uh, well, first of all, you should because it's fucking amazing. But the when what are they this, absolutely when did that come out? Are you talking, about, that? Are you talking about in Brand New Day? In Brand New no, Day? No, 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 no. This is the Gauntlet was like a series of um, of sort of one shots that all tied in where they brought back all of Peter's like big enemies. Oh, so there was like yeah, an yeah, I know what you're talking issue. about. Yeah, yeah. There was a Mysterio issue. There was, but the best one, in my opinion, was the Rhino issue, where um, yeah. the new Rhino like challenges him to a huge fight. And there's like there's a mm-hmm. part where um, the new Rhino picks up a horse and hits the other Rhino with him, and it was probably it was <laughs> like gory and terrible. And Spider Man was panicking. He's like, I've never <laughs> seen someone hit someone else with a horse. Um, but it was just a really <laughs> you know good what? story about Alexi, the original Rhino, like trying to be redemptive and not fight anymore, and the villains like pulling him in. I think I did read this. I'm looking at the covers now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's just been a while. I'll have to go that's back the, to that's it the on, one you on that keep, story. Kenny. That's your one. Yeah, that's my that sing that sticks out the most to me as to one of my absolute okay. favorite. Spider-Man things. All right. Fuck yeah. Um, Ethan? Yeah, well, because I was going to say Ultimate Spider-Man until you said no full series bullshit. So fuck then you. I was like, fuck, I can't do that. And if I was going to pick just one issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, it would be my favorite issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, which is Ultimate Spider-Man number 49. Uh, but I, if I could only have one piece of Spider-Man thing forever, it would be Spider-Man 2. Um, because I will watch that movie forever, and I need it, and mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. and so if I could only keep one thing, I would watch that movie till the end of my life, as I will. Listen, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a damn but good I, movie, honestly. Because like I, no, I, 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 we. I fucking love Spider Man too, and <laughs> I'm I'm almost certain Spider Man two is is better than Spider Man one. Hot take. Oh, that said, better than yeah, it's better. It's a way better movie. That said, it's, there's even parts. There's even even though it's a sequel, totally there's some stuff in there that makes it feel like it's not even a sequel. Like you walked into the middle of a story. Like mm. the part where, which I love, even though it's really weird. Like the part where he's talking to Uncle Ben in the car and like the afterlife. Like you think that okay, so in this continuity, even though they've never brought it up. It's such a good scene that I just accept that he must have these talks in his head with him mm-hmm. all the time when he's stressed out. And, like, that's never brought up in any of the other movies, which is weird and why, like, to me, too, always felt like it was in its own continuity almost. Because a it's little been too long since like Griffin that. and I talked about Spider-Man. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I saw that movie in the theater at midnight when it released and then saw it probably three or four more times after it. And it was my favorite movie for the longest time. I'm, I'm with you though, Griffin for me, it's a close call between one and two, like two edges it out. But like one is up there. Cause for me. A two is better. If we're trying mm-hmm. to talk about what's better, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Oh, from a story me, standpoint. Quote. Yeah. Like, and they didn't, you know, but one, one Doc plays Ock the origin so perfectly, but one is and one has perfect, the like <laughs> is perfect. Sam Raimi. We talked about this recently cause we're always talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
the first one is literally the perfect like Sam Raimi compliments the 60s stuff, the Stan Lee Steve Ditko Spider-Man stuff. S- Sam Raimi perfectly captures the vibe, the energy of it all oh, somehow. Totally. He gets it. The he gets the it. Like, beyond, like, just a- adapting the characters well in a sort of sense of, like, oh, yeah, they feel like the characters from the comics or whatever. Even beyond that, just, like, if the- if somebody said, what's the perfect way, like, visually, who's got the best sort of visual sense um, to make, to bring these stories to the big screen for yeah. the 21st century, too, no doubt. And, of course, it's fucking Sam Raimi, Sam 100%. Raimi. Yeah. Um, and so... And that first one, I feel like, really, really has that spirit and that quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I feel like he introduces a a bit more realism to it um, mm-hmm. because it is more emotional. And it That's is more true. important to get in touch with the Peter of it all, of course. And so I think maybe for that reason... I have to pick the first one because Dude, I respect it. I'm you mad can just respect like <laughs> I can just watch it endlessly. I could show it to everybody and it would be yep. one confined perfect thing. Yep. And everyone will be like, God damn it, Willem Dafoe this is the perfect This is why only yeah. fools are heroes. This listen, the only beef that I will eternally have with the first movie is the dumb mask that they gave the Green Goblin because mm. Willem Dafoe oh, already I'm, looks what? like him. Uh, totally, okay. totally. But the so mask, mask is the is best the thing about the No, 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 no. Like did you ever see the concept art that Alex Ross yes. did for the original? Oh, yeah. With the stitch oh, yeah. face? He's got, like, the rags on? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's damn That cool. was... It could have... Like, no, of course, of great. course. Yeah, I of just... Course. I don't That animatronic mask that they had? Yeah. Oof. Oof. That would have been damn I even liked... I know, like, people... You know, people traditionally like want the traditional Spider-Man outfit, but that Alex Ross original concept one that he had that was black dope. and red for the Very movie, dope. like that was pretty dope too. Alex Ross kind of knows what he's doing. A little yeah, bit. Uh, he's you, got a little bit. Those, you're, you are right that you are right that you could totally just tempt Willem Dafoe green. Oh <laughs> he yeah, says he's perfect. He's perfect. Um, a couple of uh, fun things, little thought experiments I've had is like. A couple of ways to reimagine that first Raimi movie to just totally make it a different a different vibe. And one of them is imagine imagine something more along the lines of an MCU costume in there, right? Imagine something a bit more like it looked like it just was ripped off the comics page. Which oh, yeah. of course, like visually in terms of like the basic design elements, of course that suit does. Like it it yeah. is the suit. Hence why they didn't go with the Alex Ross suit. But, of course, it's meant to look like cool movie 2002 dope Spider-Man suit. Something that could sit alongside the leather X-Men suits, right? It's gotta be mostly black. the raised webbing and the cool lines and stuff. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, But imagine, like, tights. Like, (laughs) fucking bright-ass red and blue. And then you get, like, a that more accurate Green Goblin look in that movie. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my, my god. fucking god. Oh my god. <laughs> Another thing though is ima- imagine Sam Raimi's Spider-Man exactly as it is, but Tom Holland is Spider-Man. That would be good. <laughs> I would like that. <laughs> just, we have it the just blows my mind people thinking about that. Like, we have could we could deep fake it. it. Yeah. It's just a it's just a taller Tom Holland. 
but not even not even like it looks like Tom Holland. Like it's little Tom Holland Peter Parker mannerisms and stuff in that movie. The little kid. That would change it so much. That's it would crazy. change it so much because. And now I think it's it's definitely part of the charm of that movie. But Toby is so not in He's high school. He's a grown school. man. And that's yeah. the other thing that makes it exactly like Stanley Steve Ditko Spider-Man is that, yeah, yeah, he's a teenager, 100%. but he's a grown man. But he's a grown man. <laughs> well, he only, in the original run, he's only in high school for like 10 issues, right? And yeah. Then yeah, and that's yeah. why well, it's... Well, 20, 25, it's funny. Right? 25? Okay. It's funny that people are so fixated on that element of Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Even though it is really just the first couple of years right the first yeah. couple of 50 plus now because people always 60. say that about him only being there for like 20 issues but then we did keep going back to it and we did untold tales and all that stuff and then yeah. and then ultimate was such a massive mm-hmm. thing so yeah, oh, yeah. it's like it's just stuck in everybody's consciousness yeah. fuck yeah and it's great and that's it part, is because because that was part of what made spider-man what blew it up right what totally. made him so different and unique totally. of course and so and yeah, naturally, as he grew out of that, he began to feel a little bit more like some of the other heroes. Of course, Griffin and I will we'll definitely have to do a podcast one day where we do a dramatic reading and then discussion of uh, James Cameron's Spider-Man script because it's oh, so yeah. fascinating. I want to read that, and I really want to read David Coop's script that he just put out, uh, the unused Spider-Man. I read a bit script. of it. It is really weird to picture that. Did you hear about that, Kenny? The the no. David Coep or Kep? He he's the screenwriter for the first film, and he and he then wrote the second one. But then they didn't go with his script. They went with uh, who was it? Alvin Michael Chabon. Mm-hmm. Was it Mike? Um, but Did anyway, Michael David Chabon Coep. Or didn't however, he write two? Wasn't that like the big thing? Was that they brought in? I'm not gonna look because see. my MacBook's working right now, and I'm not gonna risk it <laughs> exploding right. I'm, again. I'm looking it up. I believe it's Alvin Sargent. Oh, okay. Uh, Why did I think it was Michael Chabon? Story. He's got a story credit, but the screenplay is by Alvin Sargent. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Michael Chabon did uh-huh. work on the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. mm-hmm. Which? Yeah, so David, uh, David Alvin Sargent. Yeah, David Cope or whatever the hit, the screenwriter of the first one put out his original script for what the second one would be, and and so it's really fascinating to because it has a lot of similarities with what it ends up being, but it is different and 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 it's like there's like a totally different Tobey Maguire narration at the beginning, and it's so weird to read, especially being so familiar and nostalgic for those yeah. movies to read this alternate version where like. I don't know. It's crazy. It's That's wild. like a, I, love I love that kind of it. stuff of like the alternate versions oh, yeah. of stuff that didn't get made. Um, I'm a huge oh, yeah. fan of the Alien franchise, and there was like 13 too, different scripts for Alien Three, and then the version <laughs> of Alien Three that we got was like bits and pieces of all of them. So like crazy. I haven't read any of those. Oh, they're nuts! Like the William Gibson one, they just adapted into a comic, and that one was just like a straight up political thriller and about like revolting against the corporate stranglehold that'd been on the planet. There's a version where it's like Con Air, and it's all just prisoners on a ship with um on a ship with aliens. Then there are subtle like A B versions. So then there's a version where uh. The aliens invade a zoo, and that's where you get all the action figures that came out of the 90s, like the gorilla alien mm-hmm. and the snake alien and the leopard oh alien. Oh, my God. Then there's an alternate screenplay where they mix the prison one and the zoo one, so it's the prisoners in the zoo. So, like, 
like weird <laughs> shades of different versions. That reminds me of the that reminds me of the Jurassic Park movie that never happened, where it was going to be human dinosaur hybrids. Oh yeah, where they would like. It was mm, like Jurassic World three rocket still launchers and stuff. It's basically like Turok. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am always in awe when I think about Alien three being David Fincher's first movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> <What the> fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Um, Ethan, hey, you won't have a bite. <laughs> No thanks. Got a bite. Mm. That movie is so good. That movie movies. is so good. <laughs> Just you a moment of silence. Just a moment of silence for for those two movies, <laughs> and for three, because there's a new and there's a cut three. of three that you need to watch, Kenny. Yeah, apparently Whoa. there's a fan edit that I need to see that's really good. We should, we we did a we did a like a, a live watch party with a bunch of fans of of our stuff, and people fucking loved it. People were crazy about it, and uh, and that, so I'm very excited for you to get a look at it. I was well. Hang on. So did you guys only see three like at home then? Oh no. Okay. <laughs> no, no, oh, no. I was in theater, boy. Okay. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, the only one I didn't see was the uh, the first one. Okay. Because I saw three. Little in the nine theater. year old me was up in that theater pissing myself, man. Yeah. Because mm. see, mm-hmm. I initially seeing it because I loved one and two so much, I was blind to three and its problems. Me, me too. <laughs> me too. I walked out and I was like, "That was the best one." Well, I walked out it and I recorded and a news thing, like walking out of the theater and being. And right beforehand, I was like, "Wouldn't it be funny if I walk out of the theater and someone sticks a microphone in my face and asks me what I thought of the movie?" And then that literally happened. Like, oh wow. my god! I think it was WZZM thirteen. They're like, "What'd you think of the movie?" And I was like, "It was, uh, it was great. It was Spider Man." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah! And you know what? It is. It is, it is great. Good. Spider-Man mm-hmm. 3, even as it stands, that theatrical version, still pretty hey, fucking Hey, the emotional good. moment with yep. the Sandman at the end is pretty good. The Sandman stuff is great. Um, except for, yep. I would say, the part where he kills Uncle Ben. <laughs> that's that's the biggest change to my cut, is that I completely got rid of Sandman killing Uncle Ben. Because I mean, to that me, that's sense. the biggest... To me, that's the biggest sin of that movie. Like, you can criticize all these different things, but that undercuts the whole story so much to me. And also, you can take it out and still have Sandman have, like, an arc and have the movie have an arc, and, and it's it's pretty extraneous. It feels, mm. like, tacked on just to add even more emotional weight, and so when you remove it, it's not yeah. that big of a deal. Yeah, mostly. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Ethan, you want to know... When we decided to do three podcasts, plus some other stuff, plus work, you know what that was? That was us picking misery, misery, misery. (laughs) That's what we've chosen. (laughs) I offered you free time, and you spat in my face. Jeez, I thought I loved (laughs) Spider-Man. Nope. Is that so? Before we change topics, though, is that your all? Yes. Is, is that movie your all-time favorite movie? Two is for me. Yeah, probably okay. two. Yeah, because my all-time favorite I, movie is not a Spider-Man movie. So I gotta throw. This mm, listen, okay. it's close for me. Spider-Man Two, Empire, and uh, E.T. are all okay. like I don't know how I could live without E.T. Those movies, wow. Honestly, I fucking love E.T. Hey, I don't really like it. 
Yeah, a lot of people our age don't for some stupid fucking reason. Look at this pen. I mean, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> like, like, like it's like I think it's like it's good. I just it's not my thing, really. I think because I was, it was literally I think one of the first. Um, I for a long time thought it was my first movie I saw in theaters, but apparently that was Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Um, Me too. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, that's Hell our first yeah. movie. <laughs> no. We gotta um, do a podcast about it. But E.T. was re-released in 2002 for its 20th anniversary, uh, and so there was okay. E.T. merch everywhere. Uh, and I, I don't know. I saw the movie. I would have been four. I fucking loved it. I got the toys. I got E.T. slippers. Uh, my grandmother pirated it on VHS for me. Oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Went out into the <laughs> desert and dug up one of those Atari cartridges they tried to bury. Uh. <laughs> I love E.T., but... Can I backtrack for a second and say that Jim Carrey's The Grinch? I saw it last Christmas, and it was fucking awesome. That's a great movie. I have never seen it. Ron Howard's. Ron Howard's Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Fuck yeah. The prosthetics are fucking crazy. I think it's hilarious. I think it's so funny. And I've been meaning to watch the Michael Mike Myers uh, Cat in the Hat again. Because that vibe is so bizarre. Like that kind of like it's just kind of crude and fucked and weird. And like I I, like kind of enjoy that tone. I don't know. Uh, That movie makes me sick to my stomach. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Something about it. It is that quality. But okay. One of my other favorite super happy Spider-Man Day, everybody. That's happy Spider-Man Day. When this episode comes out. May he Almost swing eternally between the buildings. May he. May his always. web fluid um, stay full. May, may action be his reward. Mm-hmm. Um, another hero that I love uh, is Green Lantern. Oh my god, Griffin, did uh, you know I've written Green Lantern? No fucking way. Are you talking Kenny. about published by DC Comics? Is that what you're talking about? I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Not oh, counting shit. any fan fiction that I probably did. <laughs> Griffin, well, what the fuck? We let a real writer onto this show? Like a one that's like actually got work? So I talked to my that's agent. Pretty exciting. He suggested I didn't bring it up just so that, you know, I could fly under the radar a little bit, but I'm breaking protocol right mm. now. Oh my well, thank God. You. Well, the, Supple Boy's Penny, exclusive. The only thing you could say to me that would get me more excited than that is if you'd written a Dexter story because Dexter is actually probably my yeah. favorite. Surely you have. I would ask you Surely if you're sitting you down, have. but I can see you, so I know that you're sitting down. I have, in fact, mm-hmm. written Dexter as well. Oh, my God. So no I touched no. the oh Red Lantern side of the Green Lantern universe. <laughs> yeah. That's right, folks. You know this. If you're coming over from Stegman and his amazing friends, we would have just talked about uh, Kenny's Green Lantern story that he's got coming up. Uh, If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go and listen to it. It's great. We had a little cool cameo appearance at the end. We'll see who that is. Who's the secret guest Um, who shows up? Tune in to find out. Um, Um, But yeah, so if you want to know some of the details about that, I'll just go ahead and say about. it again now. Go listen to that in episode. Case anybody didn't hear. So, uh, oh fuck yeah. yeah. Well, hey man, listen, it's just good. Like you got to assume mm-hmm. people might not. They might. It not is have good time. podcasting. Yeah. What would be very surprising is if anybody listening to this didn't, didn't? also listen yeah. to Stegman. If we had any <laughs> just Supple Boy fans, holy. We fuck. Hey, listen. Some. Go by the we Stan Lee thing. We've had reviews say that. Yeah. 
Go by the Stan Lee thing. Every comic is someone's first comic. Every podcast is someone's first podcast. So it might it's be true. that. So here's it's the true, right? here's the rundown. Um, in a new yeah. Halloween anthology called The Doomed and the Damned, where they're partnering up some of DC's yeah. greatest heroes with some of their greatest horror characters, uh, mm-hmm. my good friend Riley Rossmo and I have teamed up again to do another Green Lantern story. We're doing a team-up story between Hal Jordan and Etrigan the Demon. Oh my god. Fuck yes. I love yep. that. I'm very, very excited to read it, Kenny. Um, also, I'll plug the Dexstar story again. Um, remind me which anthology that that's was in. in. Is that was in Dog Days years? of Summer. Summer. Which okay. I believe okay. was last year. And then I also did... Yeah, so chronolo- we'll go back chronologically. The first one I did was in uh cursed comics cavalcade and that or cavalcade that was the guy gardner story life sentence which i did with riley uh which was mm-hmm. amazing um it colors by ivan uh pleasancia and um I believe it's tom napolitino i haven't said tom's last name out loud before <laughs> he did the letters uh tom does amazing like lettering work too by the way and ivan's colors are fantastic and uh we all of us got reunited again for this latest Green Lantern story, actually, which was super fun. That's so awesome. um, I want to say, I, just on concept alone, I love that they do those like holiday seasonal specials. Oh yeah, DC, full of short stories. I think that's so fun. It's such a cool way to just like flex and do weird team ups or stories you wouldn't normally exactly. do. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. I did that one with Riley. Then I did one with uh, Paul Fry and Ivan. And I think Tom lettered that too. Tom might have lettered every single story I've done. I'd have to look it up. I can't say that for sure, but I'd have to look it up. Um, so I did that with uh, with them for the uh, Dog Days of Summer anthology. That was the Red Lantern story, Taurus season. Then this past Christmas, mm-hmm. I did uh, a Superman and Toy Man story called Sleigh Bells Ring with Ramon Villalobos. Uh, Tim mm-hmm. Ravon villain and Tom Napoli, uh, Napolitano. That's how you say it. I just pulled it out. Napolitano. So I'm sorry I butchered your name, Tom. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, I did that good. one. That was super fun. Uh, that one we got to sneak in a lot of references to like Ramon and I, some of our favorite 90s action figures, uh, which mm-hmm. was great, including the very weirdly posed uh, Kyle Rayner Green Lantern action figure <laughs> from the 90s that had like yeah. this, did this yeah. weird splits kind of crouch pose uh and then most recently is the new green lantern story that's like the og team that worked on the guy gardner one uh and that comes out in the doom to the damned i believe it's this october so i think you can pre-order it right Fuck now. yeah very cool very cool can i say how much i love that you get you you team up with riley rosmo because i think you guys complement each other really well and i'm such a big fucking fan of his as well and like i because I, I first saw him on um did you read his uh, book that he did? I think it was for, was it Vertigo? His Deathbed? Did you oh, read yeah, that? Oh, yeah, Deathbed's amazing. That's a fucking great book. And I remember catching that and like being so fucking flabbergasted by the artwork because it's so unique and so cool. Oh, yeah. Um, and then kind of seeing him filter into more DC stuff, like he showed up in one of the um justice league no justice issues and i was like oh shit that's the deathbed guy and then like and then he i just keep seeing him in more dc mainstream dc stuff and then seeing him on your stuff it's like oh my god what a fucking peanut butter and jelly combination that's so good riley rosmo 
he's the best. We've chatted with him on Stegman and his Amazing Friends. Check out those couple of episodes. There's one where we're talking to him about Martian Manhunter, and there was another episode where we had him on for a book club where we talked about um, Dark Knight Returns Golden Child, which is fucking awesome. So I love good. that episode. That book is um, uh, but let's talk about because you you were saying you were telling us earlier uh, about how you and Riley are working what's known as Marvel style on yeah, right. the Green Lantern story. Um, and so first, go ahead and tell the folks what Marvel style is for the ones who don't know. And then if you could shine just a little bit of light on your guys' creative process, how you guys have been collaborating and what the sort of flow has been and how all of it has come to you guys. I, I think me and Ethan would love to hear about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so what Marvel style is, is like basically back in the day when Marvel was running, Stan Lee was pretty much writing the copy and the scripts for everything at the time um, for mm-hmm. a long period of time. So having to do several books at once is not easy. And like having to do the day-to-day work, he developed, instead of doing full script where there's entire panel descriptions and lines of dialogue, he started working out a shorthand, which became known as Marvel style, where you just write a synopsis of the plot and then the artist kind of runs as the creative director and director and tells mm-hmm. the story, and then the writer comes in and fills in the dialogue. And there's different mm-hmm. varying degrees of that. Um, some people are more descriptive, some people are less. Uh, mm-hmm. For Riley and I, we don't do it so loose where I'm just like, you know, there's the classic thing where it's supposedly Stan Lee was for an issue of Fantastic Four was like, I don't know, make it the Fantastic Four meet God or something, just go do it. And then, you know, Kirby <laughs> comes back with Galactus and silver surfer and everything um Mm -hmm. riley and i do it we talk the whole story out together first um okay we're like when you say talk the whole story out do you mean like from scratch or are you walking him through from scratch like together like Mm. it well it Mm -hmm. depends like the guy gardner one we kind of 50 50 the well no we did it this way too um usually i beat out the whole story and then riley and i go through it together so that we can mm-hmm. um so that we can do, like figure out what's going to be on each page before i go and write it out so i'll come up with the overall story then riley and i will jump on the phone and be like all right page one this is what needs to happen and we'll just talk it out and kind of sketch it as we're talking it out mm-hmm. like him obviously mm-hmm. on his side and then me making sure i'm not describing too many panels for a page or anything just yeah. beats so then I'll mm-hmm. refine it and then he change anything that we need. I'll go in and write it up as a page by page outline with just one sentence. Like this is what happens on this page, you know, page one through eight, up, 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 up. This is what happens. Then mm-hmm. I'll turn in the outline, get that approved by our editor. And then I'll write a more fleshed out version that just has all the story beats in it. Yeah. And So it's a little bit more robust than probably traditional Marvel style stuff or what people think of that, because I'll explain what's happening on the page. And then I'll also, we won't have the dialogue, but I'll write out, you know, there's a heated exchange between, you know, Guy Gardner and the alien or whatever, like I'll, so that Mm -hmm. we know what emotions we need. I'll put a lot of there so that even though we don't know what we're going to, what we're going to say, we're going to know how they're going to say it. And what the exchanges are going to be. It's really weird. It's like like watching a movie in your head with the volume off. Like knowing Mm -hmm. that the type of exchange they're going to have. But not knowing exactly what they're going to say yet. 
So we work all that out and we get that approved by the editor and then Riley goes and draws it. And then as the art comes in, I start working on the dialogue to have it fit the art now that we have it. Yeah. So that's kind of like the Marvel, that's sort of the Marvel method that Riley and I use to work together. Ryan and Donnie just got their first little taste of that with their free comic book day issue that they Mm -hmm. put out. And I'm fascinated. I mean, do you find it any more difficult or less difficult or just different? It's just different, really. Um, I wouldn't say it's any more difficult. Like, I think that uh, it's it's flexing a different group of muscles. It's kind of nice to be able to switch because I'm used to working full script. So with that whole full script thing it's just a way different set of muscles. Like it's like the difference between riding a bike for a mile or running for a mile. Like it's just a way different experience. Like you're still getting a workout, but it's a way different sort of type of thing. So creatively I like it just as much as doing full script. It's just a way different set of muscles. I don't think I find it any harder. It's definitely Mm -hmm. for the writing. It helps where, the dialogue isn't already set in stone so that when you go to do passes, it feels a lot more fluid. Cause sometimes when you've done full script and then you get the art back and it doesn't necessarily fit the dialogue, you have to do a lot of mm-hmm. rewriting. Whereas this way it's always almost a bit more natural because you're like, well now I know what it looks like. Now I know how much space I have to put in this balloon, what sort of exchanges, right. how much more heated it looks. And Riley's really great at emotion. So he always like super conveys the best possible version of how I want a character to yell or something uh, right, right. or to emote. So in mm-hmm. that sense, like it's really helpful. It's made me think that way for full script stuff when it goes back to not be afraid to just do a dialogue rewrite before we even move to the first round of lettering like just to look over all the art and be like okay what needs to change now that the art has come in yeah absolutely hell yeah that's that's awesome um oh god i'm really not a great podcaster today (laughs) huh (laughs) what do you want what do you want to know you want to ask some more i'll fix we'll we'll fix it in post we'll fix it in post um we'll edit in you being a good podcaster we'll edit it in yeah yeah, yeah. you're are you cutting this no yes, you, you are. are so you'll have to you'll have to re-record no you're no you're cutting this episode i think that you know with all the weight that has to be pulled i think maybe you should do it just to kind of make up would you like to you right want to edit episode 10 you want to edit episode 10 no parents are fighting bitch <laughs> about which podcast episode they have yeah. to edit well honestly like that was because you know we were talking about how we wanted to talk specifically about how you guys were working um on this one yeah and i think that that's good there especially since we're nearing an hour and we like to keep these a bit a bit shorter and we still got a couple other things to talk about so i think that's great um right there on that obviously if you want to know more about kenny's uh, writing process and everything uh, over in the Stegman feed. We've got a tips for writers episode with them. Um, and did we talk more on another one? Uh, I remember there was one where it was just about writing in general. And yeah. that might've been the one that's, where we talked about crowbar too. And then there was, yeah, I believe that's tips for writers because there's tips for writers. And then there is, um, 
the first episode you were on, which is all about breaking the comics. Yeah. And I'm sure there's there's definitely process talk in that. So yeah. those two episodes for sure. Uh, and because um, I like to think we uh, us us three, we got a good groove. We got a good groove. We're so. making a good podcast. We also have another episode in the Stegman feed where me and Ethan pitch the strongest William Henry Harrison to Mr. Kenny Porter oh, yeah. as his alter ego. Penny Quarter. Penny Quarter. Check that out. I love that episode. episode. That's yeah, a fucking it's a great episode. episode. Um, so, Green Lantern, dope shit. Yeah. Kenny's creative process, also dope. Um, maybe oh, less real quick, dope. Real quick, Kenny, what is your take on Green Lantern Earth One, real fast? Oh, about the book. It's a really yeah. cool, like, different sort of take. Like, I know they're doing yeah. more. Like, the volume. It definitely like volume one feels like a setup. So yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what they're gonna do. I know that John Stewart plays a big part of it, and like, I've always been a fan right. of like Gabriel Hardman's art. So I'm obviously like excited right. to see where that goes. I think Karina Becca is like a great writer too. So I yeah I don't know exactly when that's coming out, but I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I thought I found that to be one of the most exciting like alternate takes on a character that I've seen in recent years. Like I loved how it looked and it was really immersive and cool and just felt really fresh. Uh, and uh, I wondered how you what you thought as such a big Lantern fan because I'm so excited for the next volume of that. It definitely felt that's... like ultimate. Like if DC had done an ultimate right. sign, it felt like ultimate mm. Green Lantern. One hundred percent. Yeah, if I had I one thing on the, uh, on the that Earth I wish books. was in it was I wish they had done constructs. Uh, yeah, but they—that's probably something that they're just like. I feel like it's probably something. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, but it, because it felt like <laughs> such a setup thing, like it, and no one remembers how the lantern rings work. It'll probably yeah. be something that like comes down the road. Yeah. Right. Totally. Um, I, I've had mixed feelings on the Earth One books. Consider like they are kind of intended to be like an ultimate DC universe. Yeah. And I and I I like the Batman ones. The Wonder Woman one is cool, but Green Lantern. I was like, holy shit, that is the fully realized version of that idea. Like that feels like ultimate Green Lantern. And in 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 that, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Griffin, what did you think of it? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you what I thought about Green Lantern Earth One because I haven't read it because I. I fuck comic books. Yeah, um, you're, right. you're right. What I have seen is the Green Lantern film from 2011 starring oh, Ryan Reynolds. No, oh, I'm just it's probably this is the second this podcast where someone about. has brought it up, like to ask my thoughts. <laughs> I was on the Green Lantern core cast, like talking nice. on there, and they were like, they did a rapid fire interview thing. That was really fun to record, but they were like, quick, rate the live action Green Lantern movie out of 10. And I hesitated for a second, and then I said, uh, that's got to be a two for me, man. And he was like, you've rated <laughs> it higher than everyone done. else <laughs> out of ten. Listen. Listen. Real quick, we're going to talk about Green Lantern 2011. Ryan Reynolds is great. I think he would have been a fine enough Hal Jordan. Um, he is mostly just doing his Ryan Reynolds shtick. So, but you know what? That's fun to watch for two yeah. hours, I guess. Um I think, honestly, people hate that CGI suit. I think that CGI suit looks kind of fucking dope. It's, I think the idea was really good. Here's the, here's the thing okay. about the movie. So here's, here's the thing about the movie. A lot of it, on paper, it all sounds great. 
in mm-hmm. execution, it feels like there must have been a lot of studio notes about no one's going to understand what's going on, so you need a five-minute like exposition thing at the beginning. Because yeah. um, the thing about, I think a lot of DC characters, especially the ones that they're getting to now, now that they've you know done X number of Superman movies and X number of Batman movies, yeah. now that they're finally getting to Wonder Woman and Flash and uh, Aquaman... Honestly, I think like far even though Batman and Superman of course have very long rich histories as characters, they don't have the sort of lore that a character like Green Lantern or Aquaman or even the Flash really nowadays has, yeah. right? Well, here's, here's and that's some, a lot to try and throw it in on. Yeah. Well, here's some other things. So like when that movie came out, um it a big thing that happened was a lot of people I know who weren't comic book fans but were had watched cartoons as a kid were confused because the only green lantern they knew was john stewart from the justice league mm. cartoon. yeah great so show. they were like i don't understand why did they like they thought that they had like recast john stewart as a white guy <laughs> uh, like they didn't understand oh, no. so i honestly and even though i know like how jordan is the main guy like strategically it might have been a better idea to do a john stewart movie Honestly, like, honestly, that's a really good point. I mean, that's the Green Lantern they were going to use in. Um, did you guys know about the movie Justice League Mortal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Greatest that movie George ever Miller made. was going to do that, yeah, right? George Miller was going to do it right during the writing. <gasps> that movie would have been fucking crazy. I read the screenplay. Wow, how did that not it's happen? Awesome. It's really good. Oh, that would have been uh, so. Is the screenplay out there? I didn't know that. Yeah, you can read, read it. It's really good. It's got the Wally West and Barry Allen flashes in it. It's got John Stewart. <sighs> Um, See, the world wasn't like audiences weren't ready for it. That's because that had to have been a very sort of rich uh, in terms of like mythology and stuff like that. And sounds like it was probably connected to those characters pretty, pretty decently. It was a really good take them. on it where like Batman and Superman knew each other. Batman, Superman and Wonder mm-hmm. Woman knew each other, but all of the characters had never worked together before. And mm-hmm. it was the plot of the Tower of Babel and the later animated movie justice league oh. doom where maxwell lord takes control of the brother eye satellite and they all find out like batman has made contingency plans to kill all of them yeah yeah if he ever that had sounds to so fucking cool and i just got so excited when you were explaining how they know each other because i was just like god i love superman and batman and wonder woman and i want to see a movie where they act like those characters yeah so like they all know <laughs> together. So they know each other but there's no justice league so they're pulled together yeah, begrudgingly because mm-hmm. Batman has to admit, I made plans to take all of you out because yeah. I don't know you. Um, like, And I even made plans to take Superman out just because he's the most powerful dude on the planet, even though he's like my best friend. So it's mm-hmm. like a, you get to learn about all of them because like they have to explain all of their weaknesses and everything and all their character traits because he's done the research and knows who everybody is. Um, it's just mm-hmm. a really cool movie, but I digress. Back to where I was with the with the live action Green Lantern. Green Lantern, yeah, um, yeah. I just think it probably would have been cool, like it probably would have been a smarter move to go that way, just because people knew who John Stewart was. But obviously, mm-hmm. from a brand wise, you want to start with Hal Jordan, uh, just because he's mm-hmm. the most popular incarnation of it. The movie also like yeah. it. It just has a lot of tropes. The movie's just, it's made... Yeah, it's, it's made made by the numbers. There's yeah. nothing 
particularly exciting about any of the action yeah. sequences what's what's uh, any of the construct yeah. stuff is like fine. it's infuriating because it's so mediocre like it feels like a 90s yeah. superhero movie where like the villain is a cloud like they turn mm, parallax God. into a cloud when he's supposed to be a big parallax is definitely the worst part of that movie yeah for sure uh they the do the like part. all the beats are from every superhero movie from the 90s there's the party scene where he's at the oh, party and then the party gets attacked <laughs> by a villain and mm-hmm. you know he's reluctantly doesn't want to do it like it's it just the major crime of the movie is that it's very mediocre so i wouldn't even say it's a terrible yeah. movie it's just it feels like a paint by so middling that like it's with so middling like that, that it yeah. and it's and it's super upsetting cuz they've somehow managed to like I'll dumb down some elements of it, but also not even touch some of the most interesting Green Lantern stuff, yeah. right? And so, maybe they were going to yeah. get to it, but... Um, so what's even crazier is when that movie was coming out, they tried to promote it by doing a DC animated original movie called First Flight, which is essentially mm-hmm. another Hal Jordan origin like story, one. which is amazing. Like, it's basically like the movie Training Day, but with Hal Jordan and Sinestro, and you get to see that, like the main difference with Green Lantern is that Green Lantern's like a space cop. Like the Green Lantern Corps is essentially like the Jedi order. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's the way you should treat it as like this big galactic thing. You get to see them go to other alien planets and like bars. Like it's got a way more of a star Wars vibe. Um, that's, which is what it should have. Like I like DC nails. They haven't found their voice yet for movies. Uh, some of the later ones, like I thought the Shazam movie was pretty fun. Um, Birds of Prey is fucking awesome. I didn't see that one yet. Uh, but it's the damn good. animated stuff in the TV shows have all been amazing. Like the original TV shows for the DC Universe app. I wasn't the biggest fan of Titans, mm-hmm. but like the Doom Patrol TV show is awesome. The Doom Swamp Patrol Thing TV awesome, show is yeah. great. This Stargirl one is really fun. It's more of a family friendly show, but like they have all the Golden Age characters on there, uh, which is amazing. Like all the Justice Society stuff. So like. I mean, obviously, all the CW shows, like, those are fun. So, yeah, like, Mm -hmm. it's just, I think now that they're going to do that new, because you guys know they're doing that Green Lantern Core TV show for HBO, right? Yeah. Keep talking about it. I want it to fucking happen. I hope it does. Yeah. I'm very excited for that, especially because, like, and and this is just rumors that I've heard. There's so many rumors that Green Lantern will show up in the Snyder Cut, and I feel like if they don't capitalize uh, on that with the TV show, I think that that would be... That would, listen, if that happens, if he's in that movie suddenly, that would would be crazy. But (laughs) there are the rumors that it's going to be Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Oh, that'd be crazy. I mean, in the original movie, there are Green Lanterns in the beginning. Yeah. 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 But they're the aliens. They're like the, like Green Lanterns of other sectors and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I, I am very excited for the HBO show based on how well they've done with all the other TV shows, especially because like, and this is just internet rumors. I don't know anything. Like I am a, I am a middling writer at DC right now. I do not have privilege to any information or anything. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a freelancer. I, I've seen reports on websites that it's going to be, like a two timeline spanning story of like half Hal Jordan and half John Stewart. Like Hal Jordan is cool. back in the sixties and John Stewart now, which oh. I would love a period piece. I love yeah. superhero period piece. If stuff. That's, that's true. Super and I mean, that might just be like BS, like internet rumor stuff, but like I am so down for that. Cause I love 
Darwin Cook's New Frontier, and that's one of my favorite versions of Hal Jordan, and it just works so well to like set him back then. If you were gonna was... do a, a two timeline thing, I don't know why you wouldn't go with with like original JSA Green Lantern. I think just, then, just like, most people and... don't because he doesn't connect to the core completely. Like he kind of does yeah, now. Yeah, he could. Um, yeah, he could. <laughs> he does a little bit now where they've like re-explained the Star Heart, which is where like what his lantern's made out of. But yeah, it just yeah. it would make a lot of sense to. Uh, maybe they will because Alan or yeah, Alan Scott is technically in the Star Girl TV show. Right. Oh, interesting. Uh, and they haven't picked like a new um, Green Lantern for that or whatever, but. Yeah, so there we go. There was my nerd out moment of how much I love DC stuff. I loved it. I loved it. Hell yeah. Uh, my very last note is that Mark Strong is perfect Sinestro Oh, casting, he was amazing. And that, he was great. That post credit scene where he puts on the ring, oh, yeah. it's so fucking it's good. It's not earned because it, that's so nothing good. really happened in the movie, no. but it's still cool. No. Like, if they wanted to recast it and just put Mark Strong back in, like, go for it. Do it. Do it. Or fuck it, just make a sequel to Green Lantern 2011, but just make it better. Just say, fuck it, alright, the first movie, it happened, it exists, sure. Um, but let's do this, like Suicide Squad and Suicide Squad. Yeah, how they're just gonna be like, eh, there's another one, and this is technically a sequel because it's a second one. It's just like how, it's just like with comics, where it's just like, here's the new creative team, like we're just doing yeah, a different exactly. Because fuck it, I would, I would be down to have... Ryan rounds back as Hal Jordan, and I, of course, would be down to see yeah. Mark Strong ham it up as full-on Yellow Lantern Sinestro. It would be dope. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, Musical interlude time. Let's do it. What's it going to be? Mm, Ethan, I'm hosting. Ethan's editing. It's going to be crazy. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> It's now time for supple suggestions. Everybody's oh, I love segment. supple suggestions. It's everybody's favorite segment where Ethan talks about a billion things that he's read or watched or listened to this <laughs> week, and I'm always like, I like the song. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a couple, actually, this week That's ready to so go. Um, uh. Up first, Ethan, do you have an addition yeah. of Ethan's Comics Corner with a K? You bet your dick I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, High stakes okay. betting around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kenny, every week I do Ethan's Comics Corner with a K. Uh, All right. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of changing it to Comics Corner with a Q just because I don't like the succession the succession of Ks. It makes me uncomfortable. So I think I'm going to oh, do yeah. Qs. So it's Ethan's Comics Corner with a Q. 
Um, where I'm just talking about, since the last episode, the comics that I've read. This episode isn't coming out for a couple of weeks, so my comics corner is going to be a bit behind. But that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, Batman 95 came out. I had no particular hype for this Joker War thing that's going on. But mm-hmm. I really liked Batman number 95. I thought it was a really cool start, and that I think Joker War might be going to some more wild places than I was expecting. Uh, so that'll be really, really cool. I also, I always have an obligatory... Uh, Kenny, by the way, if you got comments on any of these, jump on in. Um, okay. But uh, I always have an obligatory praise second for ben, all of everything that Bendis is doing at DC. I always just breeze right over it because uh, I love his Superman book so much and I can't talk about it at length every week. But, oh, yeah, it's great. Uh, Action Com- it's fucking great. Uh, Action Comics 1023 came out, which was fucking really awesome. It's probably, like, that's one of my favorite of his Superman runs so far. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, and then his Legion of Superheroes number seven also came out. Uh, which was also fucking great. I loved it. Um, I really like his Young Justice book, too. His Young Justice is, like, just consistently so great, and the artists that they get on there are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, are you familiar with Mark Russell? I plug Mark Russell a lot on this oh, show. Oh, yeah, I love fan. Mark Russell stuff. Flintstones, I, it He's... was so weird when Flintstones <sighs> was coming out. People were like, what's your favorite comic you're reading right now? I was like, uh, th- I know. honestly, the Flintstones, they'd be like, what? I'd be like, I know, I, I, I know. can't I've, explain to you what it is. You have to go experience Mark Russell's Flintstones. I know, I know. I've got, uh, on Donnie's book club show, I've got a setup to talk about Flintstones in a few weeks. Uh, and I'm very excited for that. Um, but he's doing, uh, for Ahoy Comics. Uh, did you read his Second Coming? I've talked yeah, about I that on the that show. Yeah, I love that book. It was great. God, that's a great book. That's a great book. And he followed that up at Ahoy Comics with Billionaire Island, uh, which the third issue came out of. Uh, and it is just such a fucking hilarious satire, and it's so much fun. Uh, and anybody that hasn't read it really needs to jump on there. Uh, also, just because I don't know Ahoy Comics very well, and I don't know how they're doing, but I love their system that they've got of like the creators they're getting, and then they include so much extra shit in the back of their comics. Yeah, that they is, really that do. Really, yeah, they are killing it over there, and Mark Russell is leading the charge of just some really quality comics, so uh, make sure y'all are picking that up. Chip Zdarsky's back with Daredevil 21. Fuck. Fuck. That's a good book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like I like that. I like Chip, uh, despite reports to the contrary. Um Listen, Nick Spencer's Spider-Man, it's been chugging along, it's been going, Sins Rising started with the Sins Rising prelude, and then ASM 45, I, I've, and when I heard about this, I was like, oh, the Sin Eater's back, okay, Sin Eater, I, I didn't know how to feel about that, uh, but man, if, if the prelude and then ASM 45 weren't fucking great, they are so, so good, uh, and I, like, care about the Sin Eater again. I thought he was old news, but Nick Spencer dusted him off, and it's really interesting and cool. Um, so I'm very excited. And not to mention Mark Bagley did the art for ASM45. Oh, well, there uh, you go. And, uh, yeah, anytime, anytime we can get him on a, on the main Spidey book, uh, that's a happy me. Um, the DC Digital First, I'm also always singing their praises, Kenny. Oh, yeah, those um, are great. There are so many good ones just every week, and it's and it's wild that they're like eighty nine cents. Uh, Batman Gotham Knights uh, came out with a, t- a story by Tom Taylor called Bad News, 
uh, involving Deathstroke, spoiler, having to hunt down Jimmy Olsen. And if oh. that doesn't sound awesome to you, then I don't know what you're looking at for a comic. Um, Tom Taylor is killing it all over the place with Deceased, of course. I'm always singing the praises of Deceased. Deceased Hope at World's End Chapter 6 was really good. Uh, we got a digital first Superman Man of Tomorrow story uh, called Who Pranks the Prankster. And it's a cute, fun story, but the main draw of it to me was that art was by David Lafuente. Uh, and I love his ultimate, yeah, I love his ultimate Spider-Man work and I'd never seen him draw Superman. He was on a Superman story or a, um, it was a story recently with Damien and John Kent, but seeing him draw Superman was so good. And that is such a beautiful looking comic. Uh, and just really, if you got 89 cents, I don't know how you could better spend it. Um, Mark Russell's doing a lot of digital first too. He had a Batman story called fight or flight, uh, in the Gotham Knights series this week, which was really cool. About to wrap up my comics corner. We're a little behind. Um, Wonder Woman number 759 came out, and it's the beginning of Mariko Tamaki's run on the character with Mikel Janine doing the artwork. And that is some really cool shit. I'm really hyped for that run. I'm always trying to get on board Wonder Woman uh, at, at, at the start of each creative team. And this one looks to be really, really promising. I love, I love that pair. Um, and then Hickman's X-Men. I don't need to praise Hickman's X-Men. You all know that you got to read Hickman's X-Men, but it was really good. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Star Wars Darth Vader number three came out, which is doing really cool stuff. Griffin, you'll like this. In Darth Vader number three, we're getting all kinds of Darth Vader dealing with Phantom Menace shenanigans. So he's like, Fuck yes. he's he's like on Naboo, and like you've got like the the always a bigger fish fish like coming after him and shit. Yes, and and, and he like he and, and like he's kind of following this trail that was left by Padme. And like Captain Typho is back, and okay. and, and we no find out, shit. yeah, and, and we yeah, and we find out what he was doing because it turns out this is a little spoiler. Padme sent Sabe, I think is how you say her name, one yeah. of her her decoys and Captain Typho to go find Shmi Skywalker um, during the period that Anakin was being trained as a Jedi. She sent them to go rescue her from slavery, um, oh, and then fuck. they couldn't find her because she had already been taken. Um, oh, fuck. And so yeah, so just really cool little gaps being filled in by Greg Peck on that series. I was gonna. Uh, along, I was just gonna ask who's on that right now. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing cool shit there alongside our buddy Charles Soule, who is of course killing it on the main Star Wars book. So, listen, there's so many good comics. There's a million good comics. Go read them all. Never. <laughs> no, you won't. Griffin won't. <laughs> nah. Uh, I got Kenny, a, did you did you read anything particularly good these last couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, I mean, I read my weekly comics, but I Kenny's comics corner with a Q. Yeah, with a Q. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if I've ever told you guys how much I read. Um, oh, yeah, you, a lot. So outside of like just weekly comics, in terms of like volumes, I track on mm-hmm. Goodreads. Do you guys want to take a guess at how many volumes of uh, comics I've read so far this Kenny year? Kenny flexing on us right now. Fucking Kenny's flexing. about to drop like 200. Higher. Uh, you said in what period of time? Uh, beginning January 1st, 2020. Oh. Um, I'll, I'll just go ahead. 272 so far. God damn. God damn. So recently, I've been reading, um, I read PTSD by Gilliam Singlin, which is from First Second. That book's amazing. Everybody should go check it out. It's got kind of like a metal slug 
artwork to it. There's about a Fuck war yeah. veteran. It's so good. Uh, I've been reading all of the manga Mob Psycho 100, which is by the same creator, One Punch Man, but it's like a Very cool. pretty much same idea, but with a psychic. Uh, I've been plugging a lot of manga on the show in my comics. Oh, corner. I read I've been so getting pretty much. De- I've been getting pretty deep into manga. I'm turning into a fucking weeb, but it's fun. I like it. <laughs> I have. Um, I highly but suggest. It's crazy that it's crazy that so much of the so much of the best comics out there are manga, oh, and a totally. lot of American comics creators don't even read manga. Like yeah. we, we, Ryan had to get Donnie to read manga recently. Yeah, it's like I have um I have a subscription to the Shonen Jump app, which is just two dollars yeah, a month. Me too. Yeah, I know yeah. two dollars a month at uh-huh. everything they've ever made, and then simulcast releases. Crazy. It's so good. What a great deal. I read uh, Johnny Christmas's Crema, which was a comicsology original that came out. That was really good. Um, Fuck yeah. As far as other manga stuff, I read uh, the first omnibus volume of Ping Pong by Tayu Matsumoto. Uh, I don't know if you've Fuck ever yeah. read sports manga, but this Ping Pong one is amazing. Uh, it That's made so me funny. care about I, I Ping haven't, Pong. I haven't, I haven't read much sports manga, but I know that thing of like, It'll be about something you don't even give a shit about, but like they make you not only care about the characters but about the sport. I hear that a lot. Like on oh, the yeah. podcast Serious Issues, it's a great comics show. The host of that show talks about how like he started reading mahjong manga. Yeah, and like and like it'll be like one match of mahjong that'll stretch out over like twenty years of the manga publication. Oh yeah, <laughs> and totally. It's, and it's apparently fucking awesome. That's the one awesome thing about especially like Shonen Jump, where you get something like My Hero Academia, where they would never do this yeah. in an American comic, where like one fight will last for like an entire volume, yeah. Uh, yeah. like for eight or nine. 20 page chapters which just like we should be doing totally. more of that stuff just uh just totally the fun side of it and then um in terms of novels i've been reading uh the three body problem by six and i think it's okay. i think you pronounce his name six and lou um i could mm-hmm. be mispronouncing that but it's a series of novels there are three of them i've read the first two so far the three body problem in the dark forest it's some of the best sci-fi i've read in a really long time uh awesome. it's real awesome. good so that's kind of what i've been dipping into Fuck yeah, that's so sick. Um, speaking of Shonen Jump, I mentioned on the show recently, have you read, uh, it's only got like 11 chapters out right now, it's called Time Paradox Ghost Oh Rider. yeah, I love it, I've been telling everybody about what it. What the fuck, it's so good, right? Yeah, <laughs> I've been telling everyone about Time Paradox Ghost Rider. I've been like, I've been getting on the phone and like practicing my speech, I'm like, okay, so here's the pitch. And like I go through I know. the whole first chapter and then the big reveal of what the story's actually about afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just so dang good. I'm also a huge that, fan of, uh, yeah, that one, that's the newest one coming out that I'm like really hot on that I like a lot. Me too. Uh, me too. And then I'm obviously, I'm a huge uh I'm a huge, huge fan of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is not for everybody. Yeah, but is is definitely my cup of tea in terms of just weirdness. Um, I've Fuck read you. most of the manga, and I'm, I think I'm caught up on the manga. They're in volume four right now. Diamond is unbreakable, but they haven't like the anime is farther ahead. I haven't caught up to that because right. they're in like the next arc. Because they break. Right. Have you read JoJo's at all? like are familiar with no it. it's been recommended to me a million times and i will jump in, i will uh i will jump into it's, it i just i'm reading i'm reading so much shit yeah. all the time that like bizarre it's like, is that, not that's a little even, bit down the line i'll yeah. get there bizarre is not even a word that you can begin to describe 
the series. Yeah. But they basically Griffin, like Kenny's every Red Time art. Paradox Ghost Rider. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that series. Um but no, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is so weird because I brought this up on um on another podcast because I talked about the creator's book about like making manga. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I've read that. It's great. Yeah. yeah, JoJo's is weird because every arc he jumps ahead and you get a new character named Jojo, like in the bloodline. It's so good. And usually the yeah. rules of engagement change. So like the first volume is like period piece, vampire story, sunlight, Kung Fu. Second one jumps ahead to the 1930s in New York, more sunlight, mm-hmm. Kung Fu, different take on vampires. Then the third mm-hmm. one, um, which is kind of the most famous. That's when they introduce like stands, which are like an original mm-hmm. power, which once you see it, you realize like how many people ripped off stands for, uh, for different media, right. like Digimon or like anything like that. Like it's obvious that he came up with it first and people just spun it wow. out of there, like back in the eighties. But that's where like people have psychic projection type ghosts fight for them with weird powers like that one's a nineteen eighties um that one's That's a nineteen eighties road that. trip, like trying to travel from Japan to Egypt to kill a vampire and then uh I'm how in part long is each volume of this series? Like so how much is how, long, how like, many chapters is each section? Th- it varies. So like the first one, Phantom Blood, is real short. It's like a couple okay. of volumes and it's over. Then Battle Tendency, which is okay. the second one is a bit longer that's maybe like 10 volumes and then um stardust crusaders which is the most popular version that's the 80s road trip one that's doesn't uh-huh. like it's a lot um and then it mm-hmm. just gets wow. bigger and bigger the one i'm in right now is diamond is unbreakable which is where it's like a serial killer hidden in a small town and they have to figure out who it is like who's hiding in uh, every other like deranged person, like it's basically a town full of serial killers with psychic powers, and they're trying to stop them. Oh my god! A lot, a lot of people. I'm always surprised by how many people I've talked to that don't like um, Phantom Blood. I haven't read the manga, but I've seen the anime. Um, anime purists will be pissed to know that I watched the dub of that one specifically. Good <laughs> dub. I don't care. <laughs> because. Yeah. The the dub of JoJo is a totally different fucking. I mean, that's that's the case for a number of animes, but li- JoJo in particular, the dub took it to another fucking level for me. Um, because every episode of the Phantom Blood adaptation is just like, Dio, you fucking murdered my father, and now you're trying to kill me. And yeah. but we're best friends, and also very attractive, and maybe and I like it. Some- and I like it, and don't put on that <laughs> mask, you son of a bitch. And then Dio's like, mmm, Joestar, yeah. I should have fucking known it was going to be you, you piece of shit. And he's like, don't call me a piece of shit, you traitorous bitch. Yeah, you thought it was I mean, just that's a, a lot happenstance, of anime, but, like, sounds but really it was good. I, Dio. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, yeah, people don't like Phantom Blood or Battle Tendency, and I think that's because it's... A, JoJo's is way more famous for when they introduce the stand powers. And in the first two mm. volumes, it's just the the Hamon, like, sunlight kung fu stuff. So it doesn't really take off into what it what he eventually made it, like, when he changed the whole power set and really opened it up. But I still really like, like, mm. Phantom Blood is such a crazy 
story because I don't remember how far the anime goes in the first episode, but the manga, like for lots of issues, it's just a period piece, like extreme Jane Austen story. And then that's the first season of the, yeah. And then it just escalates to the rivalry escalates to the point where one of them becomes a vampire out of spite to try Mm -hmm. to kill the other one. (laughs) So then the other one learns sunlight Kung Fu to kill the vampire one. And then it just keeps escalating to the point where like eventually those powers no longer apply. And it's just uh, like psychic ghosts doing the fighting for people. So it's just so crazy. <laughs> There's just so much imagination in it, and that's what I love about it. It's so weird. I love it. The characters are weird. It's, like, very strangely, uh, like, erotic sometimes, even when it's not trying to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just very funny. Nobody put on this mask, especially you, Dio. And Dio's like... I'm gonna put that mask on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. I've killed Dio. It's over. And Dio's like, not yet, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody kills Dio. Um, yeah, I absolutely love it. And it's like, I've just taken a lot of inspiration lately from it. of just like how crazy it is and how you could take a long running thing and just keep spinning it in new directions constantly. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, so I love it. Love me some Hell JoJo's yeah, and awesome. some JoJo memes. Griffin, we just gave 100 million suggestions. Do you yeah. have one? I actually have two. Um, the first, we were talking about early 2000s games. Y'all know I like playing old games that I've already played or little arcade games that nobody gives a shit about instead of playing anything relevant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's why this week I'm here to recommend the remaster of Destroy All Humans. Oh, um, nice. Because oh. I fucking loved that franchise growing up. Um, particularly 2. Destroy All Humans 2 on the PlayStation 2 was just uh, up there with Spidey 2. Like, just one of those games that I just drove into the fucking ground because it's just so much goddamn fun to run around and blow people up. (laughs) Especially (laughs) now, to get to take out some of that uh, frustration on our species. Um, Yeah. Just take it out by zapping them with a nice zapomatic or picking them up with your mind and just tossing them. Uh, How does it look? How does the remaster look? It looks... Listen, the remaster... Because, you know, this is Xbox... I think the first Xbox. You can't call it Xbox One because they named it system Xbox One. and stupid as shit. Not even a good console. Well, the next Um, one's called Xbox Series X, so... Xbox Series Xbox One 360. (laughs) Stupid ass. PS5 for days. Let's go. Day one. Um... Destroy All Humans. It looks good uh, for uh, for a remaster. I don't know if I'd say it's the best remaster that I've seen lately because I've also played the Crash, Bandicoot, and Spyro remasters, and those are fucking nice to look at. Um, this one uh, looks good for sure. Hmm. They ported the audio just just copy and paste. Oh, it. really? Uh, it sounds like it does not sound great. Um, which is a bummer, and you, you know, you'd like to see them put a little bit more into it, but it's just for me, it sounds like it's just the same audio, uh, which sucks, especially when you've paired it with some really nice looking remastered graphics. Even even like you know, not just um, I'm sorry, I don't know too much about 
making video games or computer science or anything like that. So when I say graphics, I'm sorry if I'm overgeneralizing or whatever. <laughs> I won't um, hold it but against like, you. Uh, the graphics look great, and they've also like just added some nice new camera movements and everything, made everything look nice and smooth and whatnot. And cool. that's really cool. And uh, obviously, it's a pretty straightforward, simple, small game. Uh, so if you're looking to pass some time, uh, it's not the full sixty bucks. I think it was like I think it's forty or something like that. Um, but you know, if you're into it or if you just want to blow off some steam, you're looking for something, destroy all humans remaster on PlayStation four and Xbox one that came out this past Sunday. Awesome. Uh, and I've been playing it a little bit each day just to kind of relax. And it's, uh, a lot of fun. I fucking love that crypto is just a Jack Nicholson impression. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like that's so good. Uh, you want me to do my other one right now? Yeah, go for sure. it. Sure. Okay. Speaking of things that people have seen that I'm revisiting and I want to talk about, Batman Beyond is Ooh, yeah. so fucking Wee! awesome. <laughs> the Batman Beyond theme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that show is so dope. Um, we all know that. Uh, but I recently, and I mentioned it on one of the Stegman live streams, I think picked up the uh complete series on blu-ray and uh that's another thing that i've been doing uh for a couple of weeks now every night just watching an episode or two of batman beyond and it's so good um i love that it has that um bruce tim style uh, like stylings to it and that it kind of feels like it's still in that uh animated series universe it and is. everything like that because it is <laughs> that, so fuck yeah. yeah have you wait is this your um, first time watching it it'll probably be the first time i'm seeing some of the later episodes okay. um but i rented the shit out of uh return of the oh Joker, very nice the movie they made um and this set has a director's cut of that oh sweet i've never seen and so i'm very excited to take a look at that um that's oh well maybe we'll do an episode on that because that is super. that show is so dang good and the movie and what like in terms of connection like when it started they weren't going to connect it but Mm -hmm. you can feel it well later on like it directly connects into justice league unlimited and then there's an episode um called epilogue there is that justice league episode right where they wrap up batman beyond yes and the end oh of Batman Beyond. Do you, do you know the big twist of it? Yeah, I do. No, because I'm just now remembering. All right, well, that's that a, that it's was a, a big thing that twist. I watched. Don't tell him the twist. It's a big twist that like reframes the whole show. Yeah, but the I totally forgot about that. But shit. the ending because Unlimited, it. I didn't watch as much as just Justice. League. Oh, it, Unlimited's um, great. Like I love the question in it. Like his whole arc and Green Arrow is, are mm-hmm. so good, and that's when I became like a big Green Arrow fan. But um, what's so nice. cool about that episode of i think it's technically an episode of justice league unlimited but it is like wraps up the batman beyond story is the last shot of terry's story and scene mimics the very first shot and scene of batman the animated series to like end cap it it's the same exact setup where the very first episode of batman the animated series is from on leather wings where the man bat flies past a police blimp and the cops are like, yeah. what the hell was that? And then the end of Batman Beyond in that episode is Terry flying past a police airship and them saying the same exact thing. 
of like stamping an end on it. Uh, but yeah, the, like the, the animated DC rhymes. universe is so dang good. Uh, it's not even funny. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I think it doesn't get talked about a whole lot because the shadow cast by the Batman animated series is so huge, but that Superman animated series oh, fucking yeah. slaps Oh, as it's well. so good. It's so oh, good. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I watched the, uh, <laughs> we're going to do that forever. Recently. Yep. Oh, so that's what I got for you folks. Um, super sleek looking, uh, Blu-ray set. So if you're into Batman beyond or just some of the animated DC stuff, I would, and you don't have it, dude, I would shell out. I shelled out. If you're 50 like big Griffin ones. and you're still stuck on physical media. <laughs> it came with a digital copy too. There you go. Stupid idiot. <laughs> Whoa. Those are my supple suggestions for the week, everybody. Yeah. And I think that's gonna that's a supple boys, I think. Um, boys. Kenny, thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, As always, we me. love talking to you. And uh and I mean, I'm sure between this and Stegman we'll have you back on in the very near future. Let's hope. Uh, and we're excited for it. Um Supple folks. Thanks for listening to another episode. Uh hey. Send us an email at suppleboys at gmail.com because I think the next episode or one very soon is going to be a mailbag because we got a whole bunch of emails from I you guys. I was about to say, I just saw a couple new iTunes or, or Apple podcast reviews that are so delightful. And yeah, we got to get Yeah. To Should we just say 12 is mailbag? Maybe. We'll see. All right. Stand by, folks. We got a pretty crazy stuff. Also, um, there's a couple of things that we've got in the pipeline that are supposed to come out this upcoming week. But it hasn't happened in real life yet, but maybe by the time you listen to this episode, it will have happened. <laughs> I don't know what exists at this point in time when you listen to this, but... Why are we working chip on episode so many good? things at the same time? <laughs> Ominous. I have no sense of time anymore. I'm recording in the future and talking about the past, which is also the future, but it doesn't oh matter. Because it's always the present. Um, was the chip episode good? Hope so. Uh, do we have a website? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I hope so. It's We're supposed to. We've got a big <laughs> so, fancy new website for the network. It's exciting. Whoa. So if we have a website and there's merch on there, there's merch on our website. Check it out. Go get it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um, email us for the mailbag episode that's coming up soon. We're super excited to do it. You can also follow us on Twitter at SuppleBoys. And of course... We are managing the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, which you can find currently still just at Stegman Show, uh, where we do two other shows, one for Mr. Ryan Stegman called Stegman and His Amazing Friends, and one for Donny Cates uh, and his awesome wife Megan Hutchinson called Devil's Advocates Book Club. Uh, Is there another episode out of Book Club? There's supposed to be. Um, so hopefully there is. Go check it out. We got a whole new schedule. We're ramping things up. We're making so much content. Um, oh my it's going to be good. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, you guys are lousy. It's hilarious with because at the, there's so much. Oh, it's crazy. When we record this, we're, we're recording this episode before the episode in reference to, oh my god. <laughs> which is fucking hilarious um, time is a flat circle guys it's fine who cares it's an illusion it's a construct uh, that Bo Burnham bit where he's talking about tomorrow never coming and it making Annie more depressing so good 
Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And remember to always like what you like and don't be a dick. Absolutely. If you could, please. Words to live by. Please, please. Griffin, yeah, let's go I, I get that. So. Uh, let's go get the that last bullet extracted out of your side. Uh, oh, thank God! It's been hurting the whole time. Yeah. Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed? The Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Yeah.